0: Yay, 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 yay. Well, good morning, Grace. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. All praise to the Most High. Glory goes to God. Yeah. Yeah. We send Him glory. God, that's for you. That's glory sent up to God. We are so honored and thankful and grateful Um, most off for for him, for God, for being the most high God, someone that we can trust, who knew the Dupree's name, who came by us in the storms and (laughs) walked with us. And so what better way to start the morning off than to say, hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. (laughs) Amen. And I'm going to be glad in it. Because of this moment, I got cleaned up. Y'all, I cleaned up. I got up, took a shower, shaved <laughs> my face. The seasons like this, it, it, it sends you down. All you, gotta, you don't worry about your hygiene. You don't worry about your cleanliness. You got to, to keep things going. Got girls that are in activities and events. You know, I got places we got to go and things we have to do so you don't worry about that. And so I said, you know what? Wait a minute. I got to preach. I can't look like I just came out of the wilderness. I got to look good for y'all so uh you're welcome, I guess I should say there I look good this morning uh, but yeah, so uh um, as you guys know, some of you know uh um, my family, our journey, and things like that um the the storm that 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 came up against our family um in late April or whatnot. I won't spend too much time there uh this morning, but i will uh. Um, gear you guys towards where you can find out a lot of that information about our journey. The church has done an awesome job of putting out the updates on the Grace uh, Family and Friends page, and my wife has did an awesome job of sending out thorough updates, you know what I mean? I, y'all glad y'all getting updates from her and not me. The DA she is giving y'all everything, the platelet counting and when things are going. If y'all would have got updates from me, it would have been like, hey, she good in Jesus' name. <laughs> the doc says she's coming home in Jesus' name they are be like, can you please give us some details, brother? We don't know. We're sitting in worry here. So, no, she's done an awesome job. So if you want to track our journey and just kind of uh, um, where God has brought us through and where he's continuing to walk with us through, you can go to the Grace Family and Friends page, uh, Friends and Family page, and you can kind of um, see that there. And so uh, with that, my beautiful wife is in the building. If you turn your head right there, yeah, yeah, she's in the building. Supporting her boo. Yes, sir. Indeed. I don't know if she should be here right now. Look, she's still, uh, she's still, uh, uh, susse- is the word susceptible, babe? Is that good? That's a good nurse word. So, so she's still susceptible to certain things and whatnot, but she had to hold it down for me today. And so I'm so grateful for you coming here today. And so out of disrespect for her and just her, her body still going through some things, uh, she's going to love you, but we're going to love her from a distance. I need my wife to come home now. So y'all wave at a distance and do all of those things. But uh So grateful for your love. I'm going to do this for you today, Day in the Kingdom, too, but I got you, babe. Uh, A couple announcements before we get back. I got to clarify one thing that was in the announcements there. The marriage night, uh, it said June 18th there. It won't be June 18th. It'll be uh, June 25th. So that first marriage night will be uh, June 25th, not the 18th. And then the other announcement I have to uh, mention and talk about is that's near and dear to my heart is the Grace Youth End of the Year event. That's our baby, man. I want to God is doing some awesome things in the youth ministry. He had to humble me, though, in this season because I've had to take my hand. Hands off of the Grace Youth Ministry, and y'all know how we like control, y'all. So I'm thinking like, oh man, it's gonna it's gonna crumble. But God has put an awesome team around Grace Youth and awesome leaders, and then just dedicated, committed students. And so because of that, and because of the traction that we've seen in, uh, in Grace Youth, despite all of what we've had to endure, these students have had to endure with the pandemic and the the uh, uncertainty of school and things like that. We are going to have an end of the year celebration. This ain't uh this, this ain't a uh, get Together and uh, man, we go ahead. We are going to celebrate, yes, we can hear God's word, but hey, we can also celebrate, so that's what this Wednesday is about. So, you don't even have to be a youth of our program. If you know a youth that's six through 12, we are going to celebrate. This is an awesome time to invite people, so please, please, please. I'm, I'm looking at packing out this parking lot. I want a hundred or plus students packing this parking lot out because we are going to celebrate what God has been doing in grace youth, amen. 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 All right, well, hey, Carol, I get into the word today. Can I get into the word? I got my anointing antenna up this morning. This is channeling God's anointing. This is anointing antenna. He's fit. He's fit to show up and show out in here this morning. So, hey, if you can, if you can grab your Bibles and open up to Acts chapter twenty-seven. Acts chapter twenty-seven. Now we're going to be um, we're going to be uh, going throughout all of. The uh, Acts 27. Somebody said they ain't got a Bible. Wait a minute, you turn, or you could turn your Bible on. You know, it's like that. You got a phone Bible too. So, um, but we're going to be journeying through 27. But um, with that, uh, we have a main passage of scripture I want us to read, and so that I feel like we're going to be landing at um, with today's message. And so Acts 27. Chapter, I mean, chapter 27, verse 27 is where we're going to pick up reading, where I feel like God has given me my assignment to um, deliver to you guys this morning. So, Acts chapter 27, verses, verses 27 through 32, let's pick up reading. About midnight... Oh, I have to clarify. I'm reading out of the NLT version. It's just a little easier version, so I don't have to break down. Somebody said, "Woo, there we go. I got an NLT person over there. But uh, the Bibles that you get off money to see are, are ESV. And so uh, you can still be able to track with me or whatnot, but this is just a, a little bit easier reading, so I don't have to explain some of the words there. So just follow along with me, ELT, uh, NLT version. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm. 14 days in the storm? Come on now. I can't even barely do one day in the storm. Come on now. They've been in the storm for 14 nights. This story is already getting crazy right now. As they were being driven across the Sea of Adrena, the sailors, since land was near, they dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven across the rocks, along the shore. So they drew out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for uh, daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and to the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Hey, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your provisions, God. We thank you for your protection, God. God, three words that you've instilled in our heart and our family throughout this journey, God, and I just pray today that we're able to come to know that even more today through this message, God. Use me, God, as your vessel, God, to speak to your people, God. You've already prepared the hearts for the message that needs to be heard today, God. So have your way in this place. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 So, do I have any boaters in here? Boat people. Boat people. Raise your have you a boat people? Now, I don't know. Now, I'm not talking about playtime boat people. Like you go and get on other people's boat. I'm talking about the people that know your terminology when it comes to the boat. I know that Jacira's right there waving. She wants to know. I'm I'm a plus student right here when it comes to the boats. Okay. We got a couple boat people in so I'm gonna need y'all to, to, to fact check me later on in the message when I so be ready, be ready, because I want to make sure I'm giving good uh, information here about the boats. But we 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 come to this portion in Acts 27, and we see that the Apostle Paul is on this boat as a prisoner in a storm. And now I got to give you a little bio about Paul. If you don't know about Paul, he was once Saul before he was Paul. You know that you before you was you. That you that 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 that, that you before the the, the club and you before the church going you. The addicted you before the you met Jesus you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 know that when when Saul before Paul was I mean Paul was Saul. He met him, and when he met Paul, or Saul at the moment, he called him in Acts chapter 9, and he says, hey, this is going to be your assignment. You are going to go evangelize and share the gospel with the Gentile people. Now, the Gentiles were the people that were outside of God's promise. And so now it's Paul's assignment to go to these people who are not a part of God's, God's um Promise and let them know that, hey, man, God is extending an invitation to you to be a part of his family. And so because of that, Paul sets out and takes on his responsibility of evangelizing and sharing the gospel to these Gentile people. And because he's taken his responsibility to do this, we see that he's in a storm. And just like any other good story, if a person got off the boat and they're all panicked, I mean, they're, they're, all, they're all frantic and panicking and say, hey, man, I was in a storm. Your first question is, is how did you get in the storm? What happened? And that's the, the the thing we have to tackle first this morning to really extrapolate the truth out of what God is trying to show us today. We got to figure out how did Paul end up on this boat as a prisoner and in a storm. Because can I tell you, and for my boat people in here, right now, do you ever set sail knowing you're gonna, if you knowing a storm is coming, are you gonna set sail if you know it's a terrible storm coming? You ain't fit to let your boat get out there. Not even for your life. I think some of the boat people, you you more worried about your boat than your life. I don't want to get out of the storm because of my boat. I can lose my life. My boat, my baby, got to be all right. So how did we get here? How did we get in this terrible storm where everybody's panicking and frantic? Well, let us take a look at it. I I, I believe God has revealed those those truths to me right here out of this chapter in 27 and also 21 because we look at the first reason as to why Paul and these people are on this boat. Why is Paul and these people on this boat? The first thing we have to look at is because Paul had haters. Paul had haters. Anybody got haters in here? You see, when we look at the reason, my God. (laughs) My God. When we look at Acts chapter 21, Paul is doing what he's called to do, evangelize the Gentile people. So Paul is hanging out with these Gentiles, but he has these religious Jewish people that are stalking him, that has got an eye on him. Because let me tell you, religion doesn't like change. They don't like people messing with what has been tradition. And they feel like Paul is messing with their tradition. And so we gotta keep an eye on him. We gotta hunt him down. We gotta move in silence. Like some of you, you got haters. They moving in silence, whether it's on social media or they gossip behind your back. It ain't always in front of you until they think they know they got you. And in this case, in Acts chapter 21, they thought they got Paul because what had happened is they were, uh, Paul was in this seven-day cleanse trying to show the Jewish people that, hey, I still respect the Jewish law. I still respect the Jewish teaching. And so he was going through this seven-day cleanse where he had to go into the Jewish temple. And these haters accused Paul of taking a Gentile into the Jewish temple, which was a crime. And so when they, when, they, when they accuse him of this, they draw him out, and then they start beating him up. But by the grace of God, a Roman centurion comes and breaks it all up and takes Paul out of here. And now Paul's in this dilemma here. Then Paul appeals to Caesar because he keeps going through these loops and through these journeys of like going through the the, uh, Festus and he's going through all of these different people. And he said, I'm a Roman citizen. So he appeals to Caesar, which puts him on a boat to Rome. My first piece of equipment and, and, and encouragement today is I have to let you know, if you're going to follow Jesus Christ, if you're going to live out your purpose for him, you are going to have haters. I know we live in a world where we want to be liked. We want to have the most followers. We want to be the, the, the best neighbor. Hi, neighbor. And we want all our neighbors to like us and whatnot. Hey, you are going to have haters if you're going to be faithful in the calling that God has called you to. Amen. I know we're building up a generation of generations. They call it Gen Z. Hey, they're all about being influencers. And to be an influencer, you've got to be liked because I got to get a following, I got to get a backing. But can I tell you right now, that is going to hinder you because we can get 100 co- good comments, we can get 1,000 likes, but let us get one bad comment. Let us get one thing that's negative and we fold. I can't do this, I'm not perfect. You know what, I'm gonna go into isolation, go into depression, go into anxiety, go through all of these things, all because of one bad comment, all because I got one hater. But God's word is telling us right here, if you're going to live for me, you're going to have haters. And so that's the first reason why Paul is on this boat as a prisoner heading into a storm because he had haters. Now let's look at the second reason, second reason why they're on this boat in a storm. I have to read Acts 27, 10 through 11 first to help us, give us some context here. So if you still got your Bibles open, you can go there. Acts chapter 27, uh, 10 through 11, it says, men, he said, this is Paul. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if you go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. So during this time, it was around fall going into winter, and Paul and these prisoners, some of these prisoners, had got transferred from their original boat onto this bigger boat that was carrying grain to Rome. I mean, it makes sense. Why, why should I have to go all the way when I can transition you onto this boat that's already going someplace where you need to go? So they transitioned them onto this boat. And now... It was said that these captains carrying this grain, especially during the fall time, they needed to get it to Rome by winter because you couldn't do too much. Um, uh, um, what do you call it? I'm, I'm lost. I, I lost the word or what I You can't do too much uh, uh, importing and stuff like that during this time, during the winter time. And so it would be in the, the, the captain's best interest to keep going. I'm pretty sure he was looking at Paul or talking to the officer, like, hey man, this dude, he, he just don't want to get to Rome fast enough because he knows he's gonna get convicted, he gonna get convicted and go to jail or whatnot. Listen to me, the captain. We need to keep going. But Paul is trying to tell him right now, I got a feeling inside my bones, as the as the great psalmist JT Justin Timberlake, white chocolate would say. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, baby when I turn it. Oh, amen. But it, Paul is saying, I got this feeling inside my bones. And if we're being honest today, we've all had that feeling inside our bones. We've all had that feeling of, hey, I probably shouldn't be headed over to this house at 2 a.m. Oh, I probably shouldn't be going over there to drink with them. Oh, I probably shouldn't be texting this person. Oh, I probably shouldn't be getting ready to get on this phone or this laptop and knowing what, where it takes me to this pornography. I got this feeling inside my bones. But our human proclivity, our human lean is to do what? To go against that feeling, Right? To, 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 to venture off into, my second point is, selfish desires and selfish ambition. Paul is on this boat as a prisoner headed into a storm because of people's selfish ambitions, people's desires. And when we look at ourselves and we put a mirror up against ourselves, we can say, hey, man, I, I, I have those same tendencies as well to go against the feelings. Some of us are sitting in here today because and dealing with ramifications and consequences of going against the feelings or that still small voice that God has spoken to us, but we've gone against it. And we can be out of the storm but still feel the storm because we are stubborn in the storm. See, that's worse. It's not always the bad thing about being in a storm because sometimes it's like, okay, I'll get out the storm. But what's worse than being in a storm is being in a storm and being stubborn. A storm that you got yourself into and being stubborn in the storm. Pastor Kevin, okay, Pastor Kevin what do you mean? Well, it's called you play the blame game. I, as a teacher, I used to have this, this, this uh, sign above the board. And it, it, used to says, it used to say, take 100% responsibility for 100% of your actions. So, so what does that mean? Hey, yeah, it may not, you may have not been 100% responsible for getting yourself into the situation, but what part did you play? Take 100% responsibility for that part of why you got yourself, why you are in a storm. But see, rather than do that, we're too stubborn. And so we play the blame game. We blame people. We blame places. And ultimately, we turn around and blame God. How could he let this happen? How did he allow this to happen? Y'all trust that God? Well, let me tell you what. He allowed in my life. What? Or, or, or we get these other type of stubborn people, people that I take ownership for what I did. Yep, I got it. Yep, I, I take full responsibility. These are my actions and whatnot. But instead of playing the blame game, they play the shame game. They won't forgive themselves. There's some of us that are beating ourselves up today, and because of decisions that we've made, we can take the ownership, but the weight of it is weighing us down. We're playing the shame game. We don't feel worthy anymore. We feel less than. We don't know how to forgive ourselves But can I tell you this morning that Jesus is not trying to play the blame game and he's not wanting us to play the shame game. The game that God is wanting us to play is the redeemed game. He said, Pastor Kevin, what are you talking about? There we go. Somebody know where I'm headed right now. Because, see, the the redeemed game says, if, if we know the, the story of the prodigal son, see, the prodigal son was going back to his father's house, the parable of the prodigal son. He was going back to his father's house. And, see, he was getting ready to play the shame game. He said, I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to tell him, hey, I sinned against heaven and I sinned against you. And then he was getting ready to play the shame game with this. He said, I'm going to tell him that I'm not even worthy enough to be your son anymore, so just make me like one of your highest servants. But, hey, if you understand and, read the, and you read the story, you know what it was. When he went back and he and he, and he confessed what he did, and he said, man, you know what? I'm taking 100% responsibility for 100% of my actions. Father, I sinned against heaven and against you. Immediately, Father said, stop right there because we ain't finna to play the shame game. He told his servant, go get my son a ring. Go get my son a robe. Go get him some slippers for them dusty feet of his. And what's even more powerful than that? If you understand it, you dig off in there. He didn't even have to go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> He told him, go get the ring and the robe and put it on him right now. Yes, he stank. Yes, he smelled like a pig pen. But put the ring, robe, and sandals on him right now because I'm not playing the shame game or the blame game. I'm playing the redeem game. Somebody needed that encouragement today because you've been playing either one of those games, and you don't feel like you're worthy enough to be redeemed, and God is saying, that's the business I'm in. Now, looking here to shame, I get it. You've come to me, and I'm looking to redeem you. And so you say, Well, yeah, boy, I'm telling you, I was getting ready to go somewhere. Woohoo, let's go. Come on now. But but, but but we have to rest in that church. God is looking to make us new. But then some say, okay, Pastor Kevin, okay, you got these people who are stubborn in the storm. They got themselves in the storm. But but, but what about the people that a storm just happened? What? what? What about the Dupree's? How, how, how did, how we, we didn't get ourselves in a storm. Or, uh, we didn't go talk to cancer and a- 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 AML and say, hey, yeah, hopping my wife's body or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, affect her whole immune system. Well, we didn't do that. What happens when we end up in a storm that just happened to us, that just came upon you? And I believe Paul's life and journey will help us understand how do we end up in storms? Just because. If we, look at, if we look at Acts 9 where God first calls Paul and, and up until now, Acts 27, Paul has been faithfully doing what God has called him to do since he's called him. Paul has endured persecution. Paul has endured beatings. Paul has endured being shipwrecked. The Bible says one other time. Uh, He's endured being stoned. He's endured all of these things, all to continue to be faithful in his calling. And that's the third thing as to how Paul ended up in this storm and in this as a prisoner. He was faithful to his calling. Some of us today, you will end up in a storm all because you were faithful to what God has called you to do. Can I tell you today, you can be a faithful Christian and end up in a crisis. Oh, I got to say that again. You can be a faithful Christian and end up in a crisis. See, that's the tension that we draw, though. That's where the tension builds up in us. That doesn't make sense, Pastor Kevin. What do you mean? I was faithful to my call. I should have to go through no storm. That's where we rest at. That's what we get angry the, the faithful ones get angry at with God is, why do I have to go through this storm if I'm faithfully following you? But I'm glad you showed up today, or I'm glad you're watching online, because I'm going to help you understand why this has to happen. And so when we look at Acts chapter uh, 27, still in chapter 27, but verse 24, this will help us uh, uh, uh See why sometimes faithful Christians have to go through a storm. And verse 24 says, and he said, this is God talking to Paul, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial uh, before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So why do faithful Christians have to go through storms? So that other people can experience God's goodness. Let me let me go a little deeper. Some of you don't understand today. Somebody got that right there. Somebody got that because can I tell you right now? Some of you don't understand. The only reason why that family stand together, the only reason why that business is standing together, that community stand together, that organization stand together, is because they're on the boat with you. That's the only reason why they stand together. Some of you are ready to throw in a towel and give up and do all of these things. That God is saying, I am revealing my goodness through you. Some of these people won't even understand or come to know Jesus. People that aren't even looking to see Jesus, but you're the closest thing to Jesus to them. Because you're in their life. You're in their sphere. And he said, this may be the only way I'm able to get them. And so if they got to be in a storm, I need you to be in there with them because you're going to reveal my goodness to them. All these other these 275 people, because on the boat it was 276 of them. But if you do the math, you subtract one, that brings you to 275. That was some easy math right there. Look, woo, I'm cold. You see that right there? I want my sticker after service. My sticker after service. So 275 people are able to experience God's goodness all because of one man's faithfulness. So, yeah, that's why you got to go through a storm. And I know know it's heavy. I know it's some weight. But Luke chapter 12, verse verse, uh, 48 says, to whom much is given, much is required. That's all I got to say about that. To whom much is given, much is required. So some of you, you've seen God's goodness over your life. You've seen his favorable hand on your life. He's given you much in the midst of your life, in the midst of this world that is looking to take from you, that is looking to destroy you. You've seen much in your life from him. So he's saying too much is given, much is required. And see, we got to shift our thinking, though, because we see it as, hey, I'm going from storm to storm. But the Bible says we got to see it as I'm going from glory to glory, not storm to storm. I'm going from glory to glory. Because either way it go, whether you see it as a storm or whether you see it as, as glory, he said, I'm going to get the glory out of the situation. And see, I know some of y'all, though, you're going to go back now and you're going to stick your chest out. Y'all better get it together. Y'all better start respecting me because I'm t- this ship going to sink if I leave, y'all better start respecting me. No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. Because then you're going to be out of right standing with God. You keep yourself humble. You go back to that neighborhood. You go back to that job. You go back to that family. You go back to those people. And you still keep the character of Christ. But now you have the tools to understand and know, hey, when storms come, I know why I'm in it and why I have to be here, why I have to endure through it all. And so now we've looked at the reasons why. Now we've looked at the reasons as to why we're in this storm and, and and on this boat as a prisoner and these things right here. But 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 there's still tension because as I was reading, as I was studying Acts chapter 27, uh, Acts chapter 27 verse 24 and 25, there's some tension for me because it says that God sent this promise of hey man everybody's going to be safe, but then in verse 26 he says you still got to be shipwrecked. What? Wait a minute. So you sent me a promise that we're going to make it to the shore safely, but I still got to be shipwrecked. Why, God? Ain't that what we do? We hate that, don't we? God, you sent me, th- me a word, but things get worse. Oh, my goodness. God, you told me that the, the, the business was going to get better. I was going to find a job, but it seemed like things getting worse. God, you told me that my marriage was going to get better, but it, it seemed like it's getting worse. God, you told me things were going to get better for my kids, but it seemed like they're getting worse. They're getting bullied more. They're getting picked on more. What happens when God gives us a word and things get worse? Well, he's told me to encourage you guys today that God can send a word. God can send a promise. And it'd be true. But we still got to go through the process. The promise does not excuse us from the process. We must still go through the process that God has sent us. Through. God gave Paul a promise, but he also said you'll be shipwrecked as well. You see, they still had to go through the process of the boat being destroyed. They still had to go through the process of experiencing a near-death or having a near-death experience. I see, the problem with some of us in the tension that, even, that I even drew out of this text reading is, hey, we want the promise without the process. We want the promise without the process. But can I tell you that if you don't get both of them, then you will not be able to sustain the promise without the process. Because can I tell you, that when you go through the process, the process is where the strengthening happens. The process is where the endurance and trust is built. The process is where appreciation and value for what promises he bring comes from. So yes, you can have the promise, but oh, you still gotta go through the process We still have to go through the process. And so here we are. They're in the process. Things are getting worse. So I need my boat people to kind of fact check me here. I'm getting ready to get into some boat lingo here. So they got, they're on this boat. Things are getting worse. And these sailors, they thought it was, uh, 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 they wanted to make a better plan or better situation. They knew we were going to shipwreck, but how can we make this plan a better way? So you got their destination is over here. You got their boat that's drifting sideways to the land, which boat people, do we want to be drifting sideways to where we going? No? Or do we? Do we want to come in shore like this? No. We don't want to come in sideways, right? We probably want to be pointing towards the place, right? Boat people, where y'all? Oh, my goodness. Boat people, I may need to take over y'all. Boat, may check you boat boating license, man. Look here. <laughs> so they're coming in sideways to the land where they want to be at. And they're coming up against a northeast wind. So if this is the boat, picture this. So they're coming in like this. The boat is going like this. The wind is pushing it sideways. If they come up against shore like that, it's going to be completely destroyed. So what the sailors do is they try to drop four anchors, like we read, from the back of the boat, the stern of the boat. That's right, the stern? The stern? Look at me. Look at me. Look. Let me stop. Let me stop. There we, go. there we go. So you got the stern. They drop the both out of the stern of the boat, the rear of the boat in hopes that when the northeast wind hits, the weight of the back will stay, sustain the back, but the wind will hit the front and turn it towards the destination over here. And so when this happens, though, you get a couple other sailors that try to go to the front of the boat and drop some anchors, which would've been stupid, though, because you, why would you put more weight in the front of the boat? The bow of the boat, that's what it is, the bow? The bow, the bow, come on, okay, bow, bow. Tomato, tomato, you know what I mean, okay. Look, I was trying to see if I could borrow a boat, but I think I failed right there. I can't borrow a boat now. So, but these sailors, they go to the front and they try to drop anchor as if they were going to drop anchors. But that wasn't their, that wasn't their purpose. What they were going up there to do is try to sneak down a raft, a lifeboat. And I thought it was stupid. Take a look at this right here, right here. When we think it's stupid, when I was reading this, I'm like, this is so stupid. Why would you, so you're on this big boat. That whole 276 people. And you try to go up against a storm in this, you want to lower this down and try to get into this. I thought it was stupid. I want to put my Bible down. This is fairy tale. This cannot be in the Bible. But oh my goodness, when I thought, I say, let me transition to my mind. Could this really happen in the world? And then we know some stupid people that made some decisions. Not stupid people, they made the stupid decisions. We know this. Some of y'all probably thinking of that person right now, probably recalling them and saying, "You stupid." No, we ain't doing that in church. Stop. Get that person out of your mind. We ain't think about you. We have the propensity to make stupid decisions. That doesn't make sense. We could actually know they're stupid in the moment. But we still do them. And you say, why do we have this lean? Why do we have this lean to do this? Well, I'm going to tell you today, the reason why we have this lean or what drives us to do stupid stupid things in these situations, when we get to the lowest of our lows and we're feeling lonely, we're feeling depressed, we're feeling fearful or full of rage or anger, we act out of a state of depression. I mean, uh, desperation. And you say, desperation for what? Desperation for control. See, we don't like uncomfortable situations. We don't like uncertainty. We love to be in control of our lives. And if, uh, if, if a decision in a moment may give me a piece of my control back, even if it's stupid, these sailors had control over lowering that boat and being able to get into it. If we can just get a little control of our lives, we think it may give us back a little bit of peace and a little bit of hope. But in this in this instance right here, Paul's caught on to him. And Paul says, no, 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 no. This, this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work. And when Paul catches on to them, we see in our text, Acts chapter 27, verse 31, it's uh Paul's telling them, here at um 31 it says. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as they were going to put out the anchors from the, rear, uh, the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Paul said, you all will die. Wait a minute, Paul, don't you know you own this boat too? Shouldn't you be saying, we all going to die? But see, Paul has confidence in his God. He's saying, I already know that, hey, yo, if, if everything goes down south, I'm going to be all right because I got a God that knows that he's watching over me. He's already given me his promises. So y'all going to die. If we as a church got confidence like that in our God, oh, my goodness, the, where, the areas that we'll go, the places that we'll see, the life change that'll happen. But if some of us, we don't know, will, will I die? Will God keep me in this situation? we got to have confidence like Paul said. Paul said, you all will die, not me. So the soldiers cut the rope to the lifeboat and let it drift away. And so as I bring the message to a landing, you see, Paul is telling the sailors, don't jump ship. Paul is saying, stay on the boat. But what's even more powerful than that is the sailors' response To when Paul says this, and it says that they cut the ropes and let the boat drift away. You see, what does that mean that they cut the boat? What what that means is that they didn't let the temptation hang around. They could have stayed on the boat and just left the raft there, right? They could have pulled the raft back up. But no, they cut it, and they watched it drift away. They didn't let the temptation hang around. Ain't that what we do, though, y'all? We'll stay on the boat, but we'll let that temptation hang around. We'll stop, we'll stop playing the adultery, and we'll stop texting this woman or this man and knowing that I'm married or whatnot, but, but, but I won't let them go. I won't cut him all the way off. We'll keep him around. Oh, 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 oh I, I won't, I'll, I'll stop talking to this person. I won't be dating him or whatnot, but, but, but I'll keep him around. Oh, I won't go to that tax guy this year, but I'll keep him around because he knows how to move around numbers just in case I get in a tax pinch and I need to, you know what I mean, get a refund or, you know, with all of this crazy tax stuff or whatnot. But, hey, we want to keep temptation hanging around. But, see, we can't do that. We got to stay on the boat and we got to cut the rafts off, cut the temptations off. You see, the title of my message today, which I didn't give you, which I see now that I just recognized, is, it was what options do we have in a storm? But spoiler alert or post-spoiler alert, it's not options with an S. It's what option do you have in a storm? And we can only have one option in a storm, and that's to trust God and follow Jesus. That's to trust God and to follow Jesus. Cut out all of the other options. You cannot have any other option. I know we, it feels like you won't be in control and that you're losing these things and that, hey, man, if I cut off this temptation, I, will I always be lonely for the rest of my life? Hey, will I will I, will I fall? Will finances not be right? You got, I know you got all of these things circled around because that's what happens. Temptation tries to make us feel like we can have some sense of security. But can I tell you today, the more and more you leave these hanging uh, temptations around, Paul, Paul says that you will die. And it may not be physically. It may be spiritually. It may be emotionally. Some of you can't feel the voice of God, can't feel the presence of God because you're spiritually dead. Because you got temptation hanging around. Some of you are mentally dead. You can't find rest. You can go to sleep, but you wake up tired because you can't find rest. Because you got greed hanging around. Oh, can I get the next dollar or whatnot? Finances is your lingering and temptation. But your family's falling apart. But if I just make the dollar, if I just make this money, then my family will stay together. And family is screaming out, I want you. Yes. Cut the temptations. You only can have one option. Because see, when life hits you, when life hits a storm, and the Dupree's can tell you, we've cut all the options. When God says, pick your life up and go to a foreign place that you won't know, and we trust them, and we say, ain't no other option. Can't go back to Nebraska, can't go to Baltimore. take a job offer in Boston, can't stay in Oklahoma City, only one option, I got to go to Detroit. And we'll pick up and go. When, when, when your wife sits down, on a, on a, on a, when your wife gets diagnosed with COVID, ends up in the hospital, and then comes out with a cancer uh, uh, diagnosis, got to be induced, eight months pregnant, son's got to come out early, he got to have tubes in his body, at his chest, and a ventilator coming out of his mouth, and he's laid there. You can't pick him up. You got to sit there and stand over, but we got to show up each and every day for that little champ because he's saying, I got you. There's no other options. I can't sit in depression. We can't sit in anxiety. We can't sit in worry. We can't sit in doubt when he say, go preach. Pastor Kevin, go preach on June 13th when I don't know what our circumstances and situation going to look like. I'm going to get up and preach because I ain't got no other options. What options are you got hanging around? Yeah. Cut the crap. Yeah. Cut the crap. I know some, I'm going to get emails for saying that, but you got to cut the crap. Yes. Yes. Some of you wonder why my life is still in the storm, but I'm out of the storm because you ain't cut it off. Jesus ain't your only option. Trusting God ain't your only option. And can I tell you today, it's got to be the only option. In this life, this world that we're living in, and I don't say that about our family to boast, because my God, it's been a hard time. Uncertainty. But we've told ourselves, come hell or high water. Come hell or high water, we're going to stay on the boat, and we're going to cut the rafts off. We're going to trust him, because he said he's going to get us to the shore safely. And if somebody in here today that God is speaking to you, he said, I want to get you to the boat. I want to get you to the shore safely. But you got to trust me. You got to cut all the other temptations out. You got to cut all the things out. And I want the worship team to come up here because we're going to have a moment here because I want us to really not leave today because some of y'all, you've been skirting out here on Sundays and you know God has been calling you and he's been pricking your heart, but you've been sneaking out of here. And I'm telling you right now, no, no, no. We're going to make sure that God speaks to your heart and you move on that because I'm telling you right now, brothers and sisters, I don't, I don't I, I, there, there's nothing in this for me besides having more brothers and sisters that stand in the kingdom with us. That's all we're looking for. And you can experience, somebody I'll say, I haven't never even been on that boat with Jesus Christ. I don't know what that is. Well, let me tell you what that is. It was a man who came over 2,000 years ago and he came to pay the debt for your sins and he came to pay the debt for the ones that not only that you would do, but the ones that you're going to do. And he said, I'll do it all for free. All you got to do is trust me. And so that's the option. That's the boat you can, you can get on today. And it'll get you safely to the shore. I know you say, Pastor Kevin, I don't, that, that doesn't make, it don't make sense. I, I've been doing this life all my own. I, I've, been, I've been living this life so many years with so many options. I've jumped ships so many times, but the boats keep sinking. And I keep having these near-death experiences Some of y'all today, the only reason why you're experiencing God's grace and mercy and haven't lost your mind, aren't dead, aren't in jail, your marriage still together is because you've been on the boat with someone. You've been on the boat with someone. And maybe you need to reach out to that person and say, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for reading that scripture over me. Because, see, I can attest to that. That was my big granny for me. I wouldn't be here standing here today if it would not have been for her covering me in her prayers, covering me in Scripture. When I had no acknowledgement or no draw towards knowing Jesus. But now I'm on the boat with him. God rest my great big granny's soul. But I got on the boat with him. Now who else needs to get on the boat with him? You've been trusting other people's things other people's faith see he knows their name but do we know your name that can happen today so sit with that Bible says repent and believe what things do you need to repent of what things do you need to turn away from he's a firm foundation even when the boat's rocking he's a firm foundation now, I know we don't usually do this here but I, I feel like God is is pulling this out of me or calling me to do this for our, our church and we'll see that transformation and so Right now, if that's that's you, if you say, man, God is tugging on my heart. I've been running. You're right, Pastor Kevin. The message has been hitting me when I come on Sunday, but I've been sneaking out. I'm not getting prayed for. Uh, I'm, I'm not speaking to nobody. I'm just burying it. But God is pulling. He's tugging on my heart. He's talking to me. I'm asking you to come down front. I'm asking to you to come down front. I got, we got any prayer warriors? What my prayer words at? You can send our prayer warriors down front because you won't leave here without being prayed for, without having that opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. And, and, and it, I don't want you to feel ashamed. I don't want you to feel embarrassed because the thing about it is, is sometimes you got to take a step of action. Draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. So somebody here today, you need to draw near to him. And that's what we're doing today. So as the worship team goes into... The worship will you put your trust in jesus will he be your only option from this day forward i know it's going to be scary i know you're going to enter i'm telling you right now john chapter 16 verse 32 says in this life you will have suffering but he says be of good cheer because i have overcome it all it doesn't say be of good cheer because of all of your other options he doesn't say be of good cheer because you got got, got enough savings or you got enough people around you praying for it no you got to get on the boat yourself And he says, be of good cheer because I have overcome it all. So if that's you today, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to come down. I'm going to ask you to come down, break through the barriers of shame, break through the barriers of all those things and walk yourself down here. And every step that you take, be like that woman with the issue of blood that said, if I just might touch, if I just might touch. She kept crawling. She was dealing with the issue of blood for 12 years, but she just said, if I might be able to touch. And so when you come down here, that's what you would be able to, If I might just touch, if I might just touch. It's got to be a spiritual thing in your life to say, if I make it to the front of that stage, if I make it to that prayer word, then I can touch Jesus and be healed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you that you're drawing us to you, drawing us near us, God. And so I just pray for the hearts this morning, God. You know who you're tugging on, God. And so, God, as I open the altar, God, as I uh, 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 speak your word, God, and God, just believe me that, God, you're going to draw your people near you, God. It's not a show, it's not for anything else, God, but for our souls, God. And so, God, we're trusting you, we're believing in you. They are giving your life, giving their lives to you today, God. Thank you for your message, thank you for your word, God. Be with us on this journey, God. Give us the confidence and the courage, God, to know that we'll make it to the shore safely. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If that's you today, come on down here. Come on down and get prayed for. If that's you today, walk, out, walk down here. God is saying right now, I want to be your only option. You've had so much temptation lingering in your life. You've get cut the rafts today. Cut the rafts today. If I just might touch, if I just might touch, all you got to do is keep stepping. God is saying, I got you. I am going to move in your life. I am going to move in your circumstance. I'm going to move in your journey if I just might touch. If you make me your only option, What are you building your life on today? There was some people that prayed. You're more than welcome to continue to keep coming, but I know we got a second service. There was some people that prayed for you, got together and prayed and these are the things that they heard, said someone's dealing, oh, look at that, someone's dealing with shame. That's what God ministered today. Someone's dealing with shame, and they prayed and heard that someone is dealing with that right there. So if that's you, you can also come down and be prayed for. Someone's in need of confession. Someone needs to confess and stop hiding and burying things. And someone needs the comfort of God. If any of those things resonate with you, don't leave out of this place today knowing that God is speaking to you. Don't leave out of this place. Fight against that temptation to walk away. Come down and be prayed for. God is good. I can say that because he's been faithful. I don't, I'm i not saying that because no cliche or something like that. He's been good to us. He's been good to my family. My wife is able to sit in service with my son who's breathing without a ventilator, without chest tubes, because he's been good. And yeah, he's been good in my life. I can say that. I can stand here confidently. But my my prayer today, my prayer today, my hope today is that you can say the same thing, that he's been good in your life. This ain't about me. I know I've tasted and seen that he's good. So I'm going to keep tasting it, like he's some good Popeye's chicken. But will you taste him and see that he's good? In Jesus' name. Thank you. Put your trust in Him alone. He'll get you to the shore safely. It's scary. Yes, you're going to go through a storm. Yes, you're going to experience a near-death situation. Yes, things are going to come. Emotions are going to rise. Depression is going to come. Anxiety is going to come. Give yourself permission to feel the emotions. Some people think, I got to stuff the emotions. I got to stop stuffing the emotions. God is saying, I want to help you navigate the emotions. So let me take you to the shore with all of the emotions. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's all I got today, church. That's all I got today. You are more than welcome to sit around and be prayed for. But I got to dismiss you. I got to get you up out of here. So this service is dismissed. But if you need prayer for anything, like I said, do not let that resist that temptation to walk out of here. If you know you need prayer, you know you're ready for your life to change, come down, be prayed for and start doing life with Jesus as your only option. God bless. Have a great rest of your Sunday.